0: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Cleggett, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong.
1: Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you. A service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you, Jason Kong, here with Nicole Cleggett representing Transitions Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding lights, the lovely Nicole Cluggett. Nicole, how are you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing well, especially since I was called the lovely Nicole. Yes. uh, That uh, means so much. I
1: got it in at the buzzer there. I Uh, I forgot (laughs) to, you know, add that to your title, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, I don't want to get in trouble for doing that.
2: You don't want me to turn into the ugly.
1: <laughs> Never. <laughs> or that's, the ill. That's impossible. <laughs> impossible. She's always the lovely Nicole Cleggett. I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a wonderful program lined up for you today. And, Nicole, we always love to talk about uh, looking out for the best interests of our seniors and loved ones. And we're going to focus uh, a, lot of, a lot on that in the first half of our program today. And that is why we've brought in the Associate Director of AARP. That is Audrey Galloway. Audrey, thank you so much for being with us this evening.
3: Good evening.
2: Happy to be here. It's been a little while since we've had you on. It hasn't. It doesn't <laughs> feel like a little well, while. That, I don't know if that's a compliment. or. <laughs> it's a compliment. It's a
3: compliment.
2: Yeah. Well, Um, welcome. I'm glad to be here, as always. Yeah, and so excited to announce that AARP of North Carolina has come on to be the underwriting sponsor again this year for the uh, Caregiver Summit. So thank you so much for your support.
3: Well, you guys do a really wonderful job of bringing caregivers and resources together, and we are all about supporting caregivers and their resources, and it's a good foundation for us to be able to interact with caregivers and to find out some resources that are local that we aren't familiar with. So we're excited to do it as always. You know, and
2: I'm gonna give a little tease here because uh, we're planning something extra special for our very first summit this year. We're trying something new. And the the summit that's coming up on June 6th at RTP, uh, AARP is actually hosting an opening session for us, which Mm -hmm. we've never been able to do. So through their support and their sponsorship, we're able to do this. And we are doing a TED-esque talk, (laughs) um, kind of inspired by the way TED Talks are done and really trying to enlighten the caregivers and, and professionals in the audience about really how to care for themselves and how to care for
3: others and really how to be an advocate. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the elements that I love about this concept is that, you know, caregiving can be so heavy at times. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're talking about a loved one and you're talking about um, possibly watching their physical or... Um, mental decline and this TED-esque, I love that term, (laughs) talk um, allows people to engage with the role of caregiving but do it in, in a way that Um, In some instances, it's going to be funny based on some of the speakers. Um, It's all going to be informative, but it's going to be just an interesting platform to deliver information that's valuable to caregivers. And the listeners should know these are the kinds of things that happen when Nicole and I put our heads together. We come up with something (laughs) different to try. Yes,
2: we are excited. We're all about bringing some creativity in, and I love the term snackable content. So you're (laughs) going to get bites of information from these three great speakers in a short amount of time, and I I really think it's going to really set the tone for the day and really inspire people as they're moving forward and choosing their sessions.
3: Yeah, I, I would suspect that, you know, with the lineup that we are, we are working with, that people will leave that session, you know, ready to learn more and, and ready to go out and be the best caregiver they can be. I mean, I think uh, we're really um, taking a novel approach to informing people and providing them with some really great content and information. Well, thank you for your connections and
2: thank you for your support in a, a, making this uh, a, able to happen for us because we would not have been able to do this without the support of AARP. So we do thank you for your, your sponsorship again this year, for sure. But we have a couple of topics that I think are going to be really important for the folks listening to know about. And the first one has to do with a new initiative that AARP just rolled out this week.
3: Yes. So on Tuesday, ARP launched his um, stop prescription, I always struggle with saying that word, (laughs) prescription drug greed campaign. And what that really is about is lowering the cost of prescription drugs because we know so many older adults are on multiple um, drugs for any number of issues. And the cost tends to exceed what they have on their fixed incomes. And so we know that older adult, adults are having to choose between paying for their medication for their diabetes and possibly food or paying for the medication for um, their cancer and their electricity bill. And we can work together with Congress to help reduce those costs, those drug costs, and have some real conversations about what does it actually cost for a vial of insulin and are we doing a disservice to our older adults when that cost exceeds what they are able to pay on their fixed income. You
2: know, and I'm very passionate about this issue. Well, let's just think about this, right? So let's just say I'm um, somebody who has diabetes or has to be on a restricted cardiac mm-hmm. diet. So I have to spend all this money on this medicine that will keep my heart pumping strong mm-hmm. or keep my blood sugar regulated. But because I'm spending all this money, they say you're supposed to shop the perimeter of the grocery store, right? That's right. where the fruits and the vegetables and the meats and the cheese and, and all the things that were really supposed to eat are right. and we're supposed to stay away from the center of the grocery store because that's where all the refined foods mm-hmm. are and the fatty foods and the foods that taste so good but just sure. are not good for us but if I'm spending all this money on this prescription medication to keep my heart pumping well I may not have the dollars left to you shop don't. the perimeter so then I'm then forced to shop down the aisles where it's the processed food or the foods I stick in the microwave that are full of sodium and then that's sort of
3: perpetuating Cyclicle. yes mm-hmm you're, you're back to, you know, you're taking the medicine because of what you're eating, and you're eating what you're eating because of the, the cost, cost of the medicine. medicine that yes. you're taking. So yes. it's, it's kind of a no-win situation, and it's very stressful to older adults. We did an interview with um, a member earlier in the week who is on 21 medications. Mm-hmm. She wow. is um, an organ transplant recipient, mm. and so she's taking meds to... Um, allow her body to accept that right. Transplant. No choice there. She has no, to take this. She those. has to take <laughs> yeah. this medication. And so she gave us a list of things that she has done without. And this is someone who planned for her retirement very well. And she, she saved and she's done everything she's supposed to do, but she never anticipated needing 21 prescriptions. Mm. And so she questions, how am I going to pay for this? Well, we've got to have those conversations. We've got to look at what actually goes into the cost of medications. And we know that there's a large sum of that cost that comes from research and development, and and pharmaceutical companies have to recoup those costs. But those costs get passed on to the consumer to the point that it is really challenging for the consumer to be able to make ends meet. It's time to talk about it. it.
2: So, what are some of the potential solutions? Given what you said, do you have any ideas? Do you have a do you have a sort of like let's sh- sh- shake the magic eight ball? What is what? Are, what are we gonna, How do we fix this?
3: Well, you know, again, it's about looking at some elements that we've looked at are where do the costs come in, and mm-hmm. where are the their reasonable costs, and where are their costs that are truly just about kind of being able for an executive to make a substantial. Salary that's beyond, right. um, you know, reasonable. reasonable <laughs> Right. So um, let's look at that and have that conversation. Um, right. Look- I mean,
2: we, we have to understand not every organization a a nonprofit, and right. that's fair enough. Right.
3: Exactly. But there is the point of access.
2: Right. Exactly. <laughs>
3: so, I mean, I think we all remember, you know, a few years back um, the cost of the EpiPen. Oh, well, that was a big story. Yeah. It was big to me because I had an EpiPen. <laughs> 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 right. uh, yeah. So, you know, why did that cost shift so so tremendously? And it's because it could. So where are their costs associated with? Because they can, and mm-hmm. because it's profitable, um, but profitable to the detriment of so many older adults. Mm-hmm. And we know that older adults take multiple prescriptions, and you know you shouldn't be forced between forced between um, taking something that's going to sustain your life and you know, living um, a poor quality of life. So I wonder if, and
2: hopefully I don't get hate mail for saying this, but <laughs> <laughs> should, I, should I filter? No, I'm not gonna filter. Um, but I wonder if um, one of the solutions may be allowing medications to go to generic a little bit sooner.
3: That's, uh, that is something that has been considered over the years, um, you know, um, pr- pharmaceutical companies hold onto those patents for its in periods of time, maybe it doesn't need they don't need to hold on to it for umpteen years, years yeah. and allow the generics to come in a lot sooner, a lot quicker. And um, we know that a lot of doctors make those recommendations to older adults to save costs. So, you know, I think the, the approach is going to be multi-pronged. Right. And it has to be multi-pronged because we are talking about for-profit businesses. We're talking about medications that sustain life. Right. We're talking about people on limited incomes. Right. We've got to take all of that into account when we start looking at... Viable, reasonable, common sense solutions to reducing drug costs. Definitely.
1: We're having a conversation with Audrey Galloway. She is the Associate Director of AARP, and we will continue our conversation right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF.
0: This is Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong.
1: You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you want to find more information, about Transitions Life Care, who's celebrating their 40th anniversary, you can go online to transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our guest in the studio is Audrey Galloway. She is the Associate Director of AARP. And we just had a uh, fascinating discussion about a new initiative by AARP to uh, help limit the cost of prescription drugs. And Nicole, we're going to shift gears here a little bit. And, you know, anytime we have our friends from the AARP on, we like to talk about fraud,
2: yeah, and we're not saying they're fraudulent.
1: No, <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> yeah. not at all. Quite the opposite, actually.
2: <laughs> this is not a 2020 episode.
1: <laughs> let's go. No, no
2: big revelations <laughs> yet, no. So, fraud. We know fraud is a huge issue for older adults and caregivers, for that so matter. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk a little bit about what AARP is trying to do to combat that.
3: Well, what we believe that the the best um, fight against fraud is education and knowledge. If you know what a fraud looks like, Mm -hmm. you can prepare for it. You can prepare how to respond to it or not respond Mm -hmm. to it in in lots of instances. So we do a lot of educational opportunities around the community to make people aware of here are some common fraud practices and here are some scams that are currently happening. So we work with um, you know the Department of Justice. We work with local sheriffs. We work with um, the Secretary of State's office, and we work with a group called the Senior Consumer Fraud Task Force, which is made up of agencies that deal with older adults and also deal with issues of fraud. And we share information, and then we go out into the community and we host these sessions. We may host a scam jam, which is where you know we'll bring all these agencies together, and they'll present on ways to protect yourself from fraud, and they'll present on resources. Um, We'll do listening sessions to find out, okay, what are some of the common frauds that are occurring in your backyard? What's interesting is that um, some scams and some frauds are statewide and nationwide. Okay, let's this time of year, it's almost tax season, so Mm. people are getting the IRS call. Well, that's happened so much. People are very familiar with it. And around Valentine's Day there was this Sweetheart Scam, which is an online one um, that targeted um, women, uh, which is kind of sad and sexist at the same time. (laughs) Um, But ultimately all these scams are designed to take your money. But you can go into some smaller communities and there'll be some scams that haven't quite mated across the state yet and when we partner with these organizations we get to hear about those scams and we get to in turn go into other small communities and say hey be on the lookout for this particular scam and you need to be prepared for it and you know we're always telling folks when you are presented with something that sounds too good to be true the first thing you need to do is take a big inhale blow it out breathe and then calm yourself because yeah. scammers play on your emotion, you know. Well,
2: and they're trying, and you know, and they're trying to force you to make a decision right then Instantly. or the deal is gone. R- exactly. I mean, it reminds me of timeshare sales. Have <laughs> you ever sit in one of those? I mean, I they try really hard not. The, I mean, you, you do get a couple of free nights here and there if you're willing to sit through four hours of being completely pressured. And it's a really good exercise <laughs> and never to be scammed. But, I mean, literally, they set, create a sense of urgency mm-hmm. and that's what sam- scammers are really exactly. good at, at doing. What really frightens me with the scams, though, is, you know, while we're getting pretty good about maybe recognizing some of the phone scams and whatnot, it's the door to door. You oh. know, it's the people that are in your local community that come and pray and notice there's a ramp at the front of this house. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go there because I know this person probably can't get to the top of the roof and I'm gonna tell them we just had a hurricane and I noticed there's several shingles missing off your roof.
3: And, it's- yeah. there, and there's so many of those. We actually, before the last hurricane, we actually did, One of our teletown halls where we kind of call into our members homes and it is a town hall when they just get to listen Mm -hmm. on the phone and we talked about you know after this hurricane comes through here are the things to be aware of Mm -hmm. you know you if uh, someone comes to your door and wants to offer to repair some damage or to remove a tree um, you don't have to have them do it right then get their information um, do some background checks on them and for you know for Pete's sake don't pay them in advance right. you'll never see them again but there's so much damage and if i don't do you today it might be months before i come back that's okay that's absolutely And that's what okay. people get scared mm-hmm. of i
2: mean it's truly oh gosh i can't have this tree across my driveway or mm-hmm. i can't and it's ugh, that's why we heartbreaking.
3: say stop and breathe take a minute and recognize that Time really, you do have time. You have time to make rational, thoughtful decisions. You have time to consult someone. You have time to do a little bit of research and to bring in someone else to say, hey, does this make sense to you? And I think, you know, as
2: human beings, we are so hardwired to be so self sufficient and independent. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's really hard to kind of call a son or daughter or friend and say, hey, you know, I need your help. Would you mind checking into this? But you have to realize at certain points that you're you know, pray, unfortunately. I mean, even myself, I hate to say it, but sometimes when I'll get my car worked on, you know, seriously, (laughs) I'll be like, they'll they'll tell me the quote and then I'll be like, all right, well, why don't you go over that with my husband? I'm going to give him a call right now. And then suddenly you date. They look very different and they get nervous and then he gets on the phone and then all of a sudden what's going to happen is a little bit different so so the reality of it is we kind of have to realize where we get preyed upon
3: and, and that's another reason we do a lot of sessions is because we like bringing people together and talking about have you been a victim of a scam mm-hmm. and then once you sit in a room and you hear this person here who seems to have it all together was a victim, mm-hmm. oh, it's not so It's not so embarrassing and right. yes, anybody can be, be a victim and it, it shouldn't matter that I need to call someone because, and I say this in every presentation I do, I work anywhere from 40 to 60, sometimes 70 hours a week and scammers spend that same amount of time figuring out how to make contact with people, and to get their hard-earned money. And that's their job. So
2: they're good
3: at it, and we've got to just figure out how to remain calm when interacting with them so that we can protect what we've
2: earned. Even in business, I mean, my own staff, a couple of weeks ago, three of my staff members got an email from me, and it literally looked like Ah. it was from me, but it was a different, if you clicked my name, it showed a different email address. Ah. And it requested that they... Uh, go online and purchase two hundred dollar eBay gift cards, um, and then read me off the scratch off code because I needed to, um, you know, handle something. And I was not currently, and I was in the office. I was actually out in meetings. so I had one staff member email me. Nicole, can you explain exactly what you're looking for here? Because I don't typically ask my staff to go Mm -hmm. with their own personal money to buy (laughs) eBay cards. And so luckily they were kind of like, huh, but it was strange because it looked like it really did come from me. And I, so they forwarded me the email and I said, click my name. They did. And then it was just some strange email address. So somebody just probably found on the website my name, knew that I was the executive director, saw I have staff, figured out how to send an email to my staff based on our URL, Mm -hmm. and took the time to try to get them to do this.
3: And that's a new one. I just wrote that down because I'm going to add that to my presentations. Yeah, it was very good.
2: I mean, it truly got three people to I actually kind of quasi believe that Mm -hmm. I was asking them to do that. Luckily, they questioned it, probably because of the dollar amount. Mm. But (laughs) but seriously, I mean, that was
3: scary. Very. And, you know, and and even, you know, you said you typically don't ask your your staff to do that. So even though it goes against. Your typical practice, yeah, there still was.
2: Well, we'll help Nicole, of course. Right? Yeah. So, like, can you explain him exactly how to do this, right. like, because they weren't sure. So, but they texted me. <laughs> there's a, the psychology of that. Is well, this this sounds a little weird, but maybe she needs it for something, yeah. for some reason, to buy something for the
3: organization,
2: right? Or which is, you
3: know, that grandparent <laughs> scam. That's how that works. The one where the your your grandchild quote unquote calls you from prison. Or jail. I'm saying, say, hey, Grandma, I'm in trouble. I need you to get a gift card and pay for my jail my to get out, and don't tell Mom and Dad. And please, you know, yeah. your your child could be golden. Your grandchild could be golden, and and always doing what he or she is supposed to do. And it, that may sound weird, but. It's my grandchild. I've got to do something to protect them. So I'm going to go ahead and do that gift card thing and be out it's thousands of dollars. Very
2: yeah. So I guess you know, if somebody listening thinks they may be a victim of fraud mm-hmm. or know of something fraudulent, how, how do
3: you all get involved or what do you do? Well, we have a couple of things that we recommend. The first is that um, if you think you've been a victim of fraud, then contact law enforcement and make contact with the North Carolina Attorney General's Office. Um, They may not can do anything. Some of these frauds um, are people who are overseas. Mm -hmm. They're not even in the country. But what they do is they create a database Mm -hmm. and they're keeping um, information on all of the reports and at some point they can find those patterns and those links and that maybe eventually they can go out and prosecute those individuals. So make sure you are reporting if you have been a victim of fraud to law enforcement, and if you suspect that someone's trying to defraud you, report that to the attorney general's office. ARP has um, the Fraud Watch Network, which is a network of individuals across the country who communicate via email, and they report incidences of fraud so that they make other people aware. Again, the best um, the the best remedy for fraud is knowledge and education. So, making sure you know. Um, what is out there so that you do not fall victim or prey to these individuals who apparently have a whole lot of time on their hands.
2: Mm. You imagine if they use that for good. Oh my gosh, world peace. <laughs>
1: world peace. I think I think we would achieve it. <laughs> Audrey Galloway, Associate Director of AARP. Thank you so much for coming in this evening.
3: Thank you for having me. I love coming in and hanging out with you guys.
1: Well, we love having you. It's always educational. Again, you can look up the AARP Fraud Watch Network. You can also go to aarp.org/nc. A quick break and back, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680, WPTF.
0: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680, WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claygate from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong.
1: News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. Again, you can find plenty of information about Transitions Life Care at transitionslifecare.org, celebrating their 40th Anniversary, of wonderful celebration that, uh, and a big achievement for Transitions Life Care. So, uh, kudos to them. And again, if you uh, need to get a hold of any information related to them, TransitionsLifeCare.org is the place to go jason kong here with nicole cluggett and nicole we've got a new guest here in the studio and we're going to be talking about the subject of adult daycare and also the importance of socialization i'm going to try and get through that word as many times successfully as possible for the next uh, (laughs) remaining 30 minutes here but we'll see we'll see i'll keep my fingers crossed but to do that we've brought in linda kim and she is the executive director of evergreen adult day center Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.
2: So I'm really glad that you're here today talking about socialization Mm -hmm. for older adults and really the importance of that. You know, I think so much we focus on the chronic conditions that older adults have or the physical limitations that older adults have or all the things that, um, you know, are are sort of the ills of becoming older. But I think it's really important to talk about the importance of socialization because the reality of it is if a person becomes more social and less isolated, a lot of the ills that they may be predisposed to could be warded off. Right. Um, there, there are studies that show that people who stay
4: uh, socially engaged with friends and community resources tend to stay healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Uh, you know, better control of their diabetes, they have better control of their hypertension, they have a better immune system. Um, So that's physical, but they also have have uh, less um, instances of depression. Mm -hmm. And also they don't cognitively decline as quickly, because they are keeping their um, mental capacities engaged and um, exercising their ability to cognitively work through problems um, so their cognition stays intact much longer if they are socially engaged.
2: I'd like people listening just to kind of think back to a time when we've had a snowstorm in Raleigh mm-hmm. and suddenly you're basically stuck in your house for three to four to five days And first day, it's kind of fun, you know, wow, I get to clean a little bit, we get to play in the snow, I get to make some great food, hang out with my kids, whatever it may be. But by day three or four, we're all going a bit stir crazy. Suddenly it's not so fun anymore. So for a lot of older adults, the four walls around their home uh, become a prison and they don't get out. So while being in that home and and kind of not having to go out to go to work and doing those things, all these types of things that we may all idolize and Mm -hmm look forward to for the future really can become a downfall for an older adult. Right. And there are multiple reasons
4: why people may become isolated um, when they don't choose to be. It could be an illness or an illness of a spouse, or it could be that they live in an area where um, houses are far apart from each other and they just need a reason to get out, mm-hmm. and without that reason they don't really communicate or interact with other people very much. But there are ways that we can encourage people to stay engaged. Um, what we would suggest is, um, you know, stay in contact with your church. Get involved in more of the activities outside of maybe just Sunday service. Um, get involved in the volunteering process. Um, if. Older adults, uh, many of them uh, are no longer working. So um, they have that time and they have that wisdom and that experience that they could really uh, put towards uh, maybe helping a, a new generation of p- folks uh, through volunteering at the YMCA. Um, what happens is that when you are uh when you have an appointment, you tend to get out mm-hmm. and do what you need to do. Right. And so let's create those situations where you do have an appointment and there's somebody relying on you to come through. Um, and that way, what you might not have done for yourself, you are willing to do for other people who are depending on you. So staying uh, engaged in community, volunteering, uh, giving, that's a great way for many of our wiser older adults Definitely. to stay engaged. And mm-hmm.
2: you know, it, 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 it's some for some people, it is quite the monumental effort to get up and get going in the morning, mm-hmm. but from what I hear from most people who are older and may have a chronic condition or a physical limitation mm-hmm. is that they feel so much better for doing it. While right. it's, it, it may seem overwhelming and a taxing effort, but once you actually start into that project or that task, right. it can be quite fulfilling right. and, and really makes you feel much better instead of the endorphins get going especially if it's something where you're giving back and feeling purposeful in your community Yeah,
4: absolutely i think we talk about keeping um, seniors safe like you mentioned physically safe making sure that their health uh physical health requirements are kept up to date with doctor's appointments and medication so forth but their spiritual Mm -hmm. um, needs um, their emotional needs are sometimes overlooked as being not as important but i believe that as people we we really need to address that as well. We need to see the person as a whole person mm-hmm. and their need for, um, for belonging, their need for um, still having a lot to give I think we need to make sure that they have that ability.
2: And I think as a society, we need to have a shift. We need to have a shift in the way we think about older adults. Mm -hmm. You know, we are so focused on productivity in Mm -hmm. this country and what our output is on a daily basis. And if we don't have output, then we're worth nothing. Mm -hmm. And so older adults are the people who built this country, frankly, Absolutely. and we need not to throw them away. And really, we are a throwaway society. I mean, everything that we have from from our phones to our pens, to our pads of paper, they are literally disposable. And sadly, in a lot of cases, our older adults are viewed as disposable. Right, and I, I wanna mention that um, a
4: lot of the great things going on in the world today, in our communities locally or even globally, um, is not something that is monetarily calculate. you know, you can't calculate it monetarily. Right. So um, one, one story that I always remember is that um, during the the tsunami that hit Indonesia Mm -hmm. there was a village where an elder person had recognized the pattern of the ocean and uh, called upon all of the people in his village to go up to higher ground because no one else in that village had remembered what a tsunami looked like but he did Mm. and so he was able to save every member of his village because of his memory and I think our older adults have memories, have experiences that can really help us even today. Even as fast as our society is changing, many parts of our human experience are repeated over and over and over and we all remember that. And we need to rely on the people who've gone through it before and ask them for their advice.
2: The wisdom is yes. is, is second to none for sure. Yes. For sure. So, What are some other ways that older adults can experience socialization when they do have some physical limitations? Right. So we encourage them to contact volunteer organizations like um, the Center for
4: um, Volunteer Caregiving Mm -hmm. in in Cary or contact their churches, um, get involved in caregiving um, support groups and ask them to come in for, if nothing else, to sit and have a cup of coffee and talk about their feelings or maybe... Um, have a, a, uh, you know, come over to watch a game on television together or something like that. If it's really physically difficult to get out, we encourage people to let people come in to have that interaction. Also for some folks, um, having a pet is a great way to um, make sure that you get up in the morning, you gotta walk your little pet, you gotta make sure that the pet has food and water and has the affection and the love. And um, that is a way for the human person to continue to engage in a loving and emotional way with another living being. Um, we also, um, you know, encourage families to make it a point to make appointments to come and and have those dinners together. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be difficult in this fast-paced world to put that time aside, but make it a priority because you. You can't get that time back. You can't get that time back. And you Mm -hmm. never know when that opportunity will be available again if you miss it. So make that time and go. And it may be the same old, same old, but it is priceless.
1: Now we're getting some great tips on social, socialization for our loved ones from Linda Kim. She is the executive director of Evergreen Adult Daycare, and we're going to continue our conversation right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF.
0: This is Aging Matters, Care and Comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co-host, Nicole Cleggett, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong.
1: Welcome back to Aging Matters, Care and Comfort That Surrounds You, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here alongside Nicole Cleggett. Our guest is Linda Kim. She is the executive director of Evergreen Adult Day Center, and we were just talking about tips for socialization, Nicole, and we're going to shift a little bit here and talk about adult daycare.
2: Yes, and so um, adult daycare is extremely near and dear to my heart. I used to run several adult daycares in upstate New York for a number of years, and I truly feel that they are the best kept secret in long-term care, for sure. They're incredibly affordable, and they allow that older adult to age in place longer in their home where most people want to be able to be at home. And so let's talk a little bit about what exactly is adult daycare. I know that there are two types. There is a social model and then there is a medical model. Right. So ours is a medical model. So both
4: medical and social model uh, creates a program that the uh, participant can be engaged in. They have gross motor activities. um, They have arts and crafts. We have uh, reminiscence and uh, movies, music, all the different ways to keep the adult, adult um, engage and having a fulfilling, productive day. Um, the social model also has the staff who are able to um, deliver hot meals or um, serve hot meals, all the fluids that they may need, assistance throughout the day for uh, maybe getting up out of the chair if that's difficult for an adult. So you always have constant monitoring. It keeps them safe. Um, while engaged and having a a fun day. The health model also includes the um, services of a skilled nurse. There are some folks who may have complicated medical issues. They may need insulin in the middle of the day. Modified
2: diets. Yeah,
4: modified diets. There may be people who have different appliances, medical appliances that need care throughout the day. And so having a skilled nurse um, on site ensures that that care is being delivered
2: assistance with toileting sometimes showering depending on the location things Mm -hmm. of that nature all the things that really create great um, great despair for family caregivers a lot of times just being able to get a shower you know in in a great shower that um, is specifically made for older adults makes it so much easier for that family caregiver at home right
4: Um, and families are really busy you know they are able to take care of their adults in the evenings and the weekends on their own but you know there's a lot of things to do shopping keeping up with the yard or even just you know going to doctors appointments families can get really stretched thin so if there's anything that can be um, delegated to the staff at the adult daycare we can try to do that such as showering in a safe shower with the bench and with you know all of the, um, the um, safety equipment, the bars and everything installed. So that makes it easier for the families. Um, And sometimes in the cases where maybe um, an adult is being cared for by a child of the opposite sex, Mm -hmm. um, having a professional um, clinical person help them with that task is emotionally easier than maybe having, let's say a son try to
2: give his mom. mom a
4: bath. That. Yeah. yeah
2: well, and, and a part of it, too, is, you know, helping the adult child or that spouse be mm-hmm. that spouse and that child again and right. not that personal caregiver, taking a little bit of that off so that they can just have a relationship together versus right. a more clinical type of a it really changes things. I mean, I've been a caregiver twice. And when I had to provide colostomy bad care for my grandfather and stand next to him when he was using the bathroom and assist in a shower. That shifted our dynamic, and we right. had to work through that. And so I suddenly became his care attendant versus his granddaughter, right? And and that really does change things in a family dynamic. Right. So another piece um, that adult daycare I think is really great for is providing that respite, and we talk about that word respite on the show from time to time. That giving mm-hmm. that family member a break, and sometimes you know we mentioned the whole laundry list of chores, no mm-hmm. pun intended, laundry okay, right. <laughs> that that family has to do while the loved one is away, but sometimes it's just a matter of keeping that caregiver fueled themselves because right. it is a marathon we talk about it all the time it is not a sprint and you need as a family caregiver to maintain your personal connections to try to maintain some of the things that bring you joy outside of giving to your loved one in order to keep yourself fulfilled and to keep that fire going and I know a lot of times families have guilt for doing things for themselves mm-hmm. but if you don't keep filling up your cup it's going to run empty and then you're not going to be uh, as good of a caregiver as you were. Right, and when we spoke about the importance of socialization for older adults, one of the reasons that
4: some older adults don't have the socialization they need is because they are caring for another person, and that person's care is taking a huge uh, part of their day. And they feel guilty about wanting to have time for themselves, mm-hmm. or they feel guilty about having a cup of coffee that doesn't seem as important as being um, side, you know, beside the person who needs their help. But if they can find somebody to help them with caring for that person so that the caregiver can have the time off, they can, like you said, be able to feed their own soul a little bit and give themselves a little bit of love that they need in order to be able to give back to that relationship again.
2: I definitely agree. Uh, so let's talk a little bit, too, about the socialization that occurs at the centers, because okay. that is so super important. Right. I, I remember when I was running my centers that, you know, you had people on their very first days were very withdrawn, it, maybe mm-hmm. they had a cognitive impairment, and they seemed very confused, and then in, in a matter of weeks, mm-hmm. suddenly, um, the families were reporting that they seemed more bright and more, you know, more happy, and they, didn't, they seemed more clear and they started making friends at the center and talked about wanting to be at the center. Are you seeing that as well? Yes, so what we found out is, um, you know, when they're at the center and they're
4: conversing with people from their own generation, they remind each other of certain things that maybe younger folks don't recall. Mm-hmm. Um, things, uh, Certain things that they saw on television when they were younger, or for some folks, they didn't have television exactly. when they were younger. They talked about certain games that going they Going around play. the radio. Right, going around the radio. Um, you know, We talked uh, at one point about the size of the switches that their parents would make them take <laughs> off the tree when they got spanked, and they were all in agreement that the the, the Uh, the thinner the switch did not make it less painful when they got got spanked. So, I mean, just um, talking about things that matter to them, talking about their careers Mm -hmm. sometimes, and it it just tickles that part of their brain that they hadn't been in a long time. It reminds them of all of their accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And I think it also reminds them of their social graces. If somebody is trying to reach for uh, the creamer and another person hands it to them, that is a social interaction mm-hmm. that says, I care about you, and yes, thank you that you care about me. That kind of caring for each other, they're practicing that in, in that socialization. And I think it makes um, people uh, feel that they are looked after, mm-hmm. that they're not alone, mm-hmm. and um, just belonging to a group. A hmm um, there's a lot of laughter there, mm-hmm. and um, uh, there's sometimes when we watch movies, um, you know, they they talk about another movie that their movie star may have done that that was their favorite, and it just um, it just adds to their reminiscence about
2: how full and whole their lives are. It truly can be life-changing. So if folks want more information about your adult daycare Mm -hmm. center, talk to us a little bit about where you're located and how they can contact you.
4: Right, we are located in the southern tip of Cary at the corner of Kildare Farm Road and 1010, and uh, we share a a building with Wake Tech Community College um, and public um, supermarket, they can find information about us um, through our website. It's www.evergreenadultdayservices.net. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
1: Again, that website, evergreenadultdayservices.net. The phone number there is 919-238-4738. 919-238-4738. Three, eight. A Special thanks to Linda Kim, Executive Director of Evergreen Adult Day Center and also to our guest earlier, Audrey Galloway with AARP. We are out of time for today, Nicole. I want to remind everyone that they can uh, always go to transitionslifecare.org and also caregiversummit.org as well if they want to find some information.
2: Yes, that's right. And you know, I you know what I just discovered the other day, Jason? What's that? That I have been on radio now for ten years. Oh
1: my goodness! Wow.
2: I know you're I was, a pro. I well, I don't. I still don't consider myself a pro, but I just I was thinking back to my. Somebody asked me when when did you start on radio, and then I thought back to the year, and I thought now it's ten years. Wow! wow.
4: Congratulations!
2: I know, right? So <laughs> trying to spread the message for ten years, and hopefully hopefully it's getting out there. That's
1: no small achievement. A lot of people <laughs> don't last uh, ten years in the business, of Nicole. <laughs> so congratulations to you. That's a wonderful achievement.
2: When will I get a paycheck?
1: Uh, I we're out of time. Wow, would you, would you look at that. I'm sorry, Nicole. I'll have to get back to you on that one. Thank you all so much for listening to Aging Matters. We hope that you'll do it again next Saturday evening. Again, it's Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of transitions life care on News Radio 680, WPTF. Have a great night.
0: You've been listening to Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680, WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.